Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Today's guest runs two and a half hour marathons and deadlifts 450 pounds. He's also one of the smartest guys I've ever met. His name is Tyler LeBaron, and he's the founder and executive director of the science based nonprofit Molecular Hydrogen Institute. In case you haven't heard about it before, molecular hydrogen is what's been called the miracle molecule in biohacker circles, and it's been credited with preventing anything from radiation damage, hangovers, reducing inflammation, scavenging free radicals. Promoting cellular health, increasing physical and mental energy, improving cognitive function, sleep, and even enhancing athletic performance. Tyler LeBaron is an expert in all things molecular hydrogen. His background is in biochemistry, and he interned at the renowned Japanese Nagoya University in the Department of Neurogenetics to research the molecular mechanisms of hydrogen gas on cell signaling pathways. He's also a director of the International Hydrogen Standards Association. And the International Molecular Hydrogen Association. Tyler speaks at medical conferences all across the world and collaborates with researchers at home and abroad in order to help advance the education, research, and awareness of hydrogen as a therapeutic medical gas. And I am very excited to go on a deep dive with him about everything molecular hydrogen. Summer, and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically, and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Tyler, thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is your super busy schedule. You're traveling worldwide. You have a quick pit stop in LA. I'm super stoked and grateful that you're here at my show. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad I worked out. Glad I could be here. Me too. And you know, the, actually, the last time we saw each other face to face was when I met you. It was at Dave Asprey's last upgrade conference, pretty much my favorite biohacking conference in the world, amongst other, because he brings absolute cutting edge experts like you to speak there. And I mean, I had um, started to take molecular hydrogen probably half a year prior, mainly to combat jet lag. But then I heard you speak and you just blew my mind because there's so much to this molecule. I literally stalked you at the conference until I got your number <laughs> because I was like, I need to talk more to this man. You are one of the leading experts on molecular hydrogen worldwide. And what I'd like for our audience to learn is what made you so interested in molecular hydrogen? What made you become such an expert? And uh, what are your credentials? Which I know you have many. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still learning, right? I, I, I am very interested in molecular hydrogen. I'm 
want to know what it does and how it works and things. I, I think I want to first just clarify, we are talking about molecular hydrogen. What are we talking about? And then mm-hmm. I think we can go into yes. some of that. But molecular hydrogen, we are, we are talking about the molecule H2 gas. You know, It's used mm-hmm. as an alternative energy source. And so this is the H2 gas. This is molecular hydrogen. It's another name for it. Diatomic hydrogen, di meaning two, diatomic or dihydrogen. This is the hydrogen, hydrogen that we're talking about. And I know you, you can dissolve it into water, as we'll talk about, mm-hmm. and you can inhale it. People sometimes think this is the same as like alkaline water because they think, you know, pH, potential hydrogen, but it's totally different. We can go into that more, but I just want to set the stage that we are talking about molecular hydrogen. So, yeah, for me, I, I got involved actually back in 2009. Um, I, I was studying for my undergrad biochemistry. And I came across an article that was published in Nature Medicine, which is one of the most prestigious medical journals, mm. you know, very high scientific reputation. And they found in this article that inhalation of hydrogen gas was very effective at suppressing the brain damage induced by a middle cerebral artery So basically, they cut the blood supply to the brain mm-hmm. in these, in these uh, rodents. And when they do that, then, of course, you get a lot of brain damage, obviously, mm. right? Um, you get brain damage first when the oxygen goes back to the brain and when there's no oxygen there. So you have an ischemia and a reperfusion injury, and that causes brain damage. And inhalation of hydrogen gas basically prevented that brain damage from occurring. And that was published in Nature Medicine back in 2007. Then two years later, I come across that publication, and I, I remember specifically... I was reviewing that publication with my, my biochem, one of my biochemistry professors, and we were talking about it, and, and he put on the table we were thinking about it, and he's like, you know, there could be something here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is, you know, but I felt something just into me saying, hey, this is something to look into. This is something to research. This is, this, there's something here, you know, and, and I just thought, wow, I'm going to figure this out. So I scoured all the literature. I pulled everything. There was only like... 30 to maybe 50 articles at the time in totality of everything that was done. Worldwide. Worldwide, mm-hmm. yeah, on, on hydrogen gas. I mean, I, I even found an article dating back to 1793 suggesting that hydrogen gas had some therapeutic effects. Which country was that? Uh, somewhere in Europe. I uh-huh. think, you think Italy, actually. Fascinating. That's a, go back and look. Yeah, but, but they found that inhaling, like, it's like three parts hydrogen with one part, you know, oxygen, like, all this stuff. And, and they went through a whole bunch of different gases, and but it was it was a medical doctor, and he said that they found that basically this hydrogen had this anti-inflammatory effect, or mm-hmm. helps with like asthma type things. It's difficult to understand the the language that they used, and you know the the translation wasn't very good. But it's it's quite interesting that I found that article. As I was I spent so much time, and then I was able to do some research on my own. And then I, I actually went to Nagoya University mm-hmm. uh, there in Japan and for, for an internship. And I was there for, for a little bit, and we, I researched in the Department of Neurogenetics. Yes. And that's when I, I really started understanding this molecule. You know, we could administer hydrogen gas and, you know, cell course is what we are using. We're, my my pri- primary focus has always been, like, the molecular mechanisms. Like, mm-hmm. how is hydrogen mm-hmm. gas actually working? Because I mean, I mean, just saying, like, scientifically, when you say hydrogen gas is a biological effect, it's, it's kind of absurd because hydrogen is, is a neutral molecule. It's not polar. It's hydrophobic. It doesn't have a charge to it. Non-polar, like all these different things to make it, 
it's so small. It's not like there's a, a, a protein receptor or something that hydrogen gas can just go in and bind like you, you typically see with drugs that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just, just typical ways of looking at um, mechanisms and pharmacodynamics and things. Hydrogen gas can't work that way just based upon its physics, its, its physical chemical properties, if you will. But yet we're seeing these biological effects. So anyway... That's what I first started being exposed to, and that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow, this is just fascinating." I'm seeing, we're seeing these changes right here. And you're speaking about the size. Am I correct? Uh, the uh, molecular hydrogen is the smallest known uh, molecule to date. Yeah, yeah, and, and actually, the smallest molecule ever, ever. that is possible mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. We, we know what mo- a molecule. We, we define what a molecule yes. is, and so therefore, we actually know what can or can't be smaller but but yeah mo- hydrogen is a smallest molecule you know it's just and it's simply two hydrogen atoms that are covalently bound bound together and that's going to form a molecule of hydrogen or molecular hydrogen mm-hmm. so it's smaller mm-hmm. than oxygen mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that that gives it a lot of interesting properties superhumanize and so what exactly does it do uh once it's in our body, or once we actually add it to our biochemistry, what does it do on a larger scale, and what does it do on a smaller scale? Let's say bacteria or mitochondria. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I, 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 I want, that's that's the whole point. Like, what what does it actually do, right? Uh-huh. So, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you. You know, we, we saw some of the uh, initial results in Parkinson's disease in mm-hmm. an, in an animal mm-hmm. model. This is at Nagoya University, actually. Um, they basically administered hydrogen, they gave hydrogen water, so they took the hydrogen gas, dissolved it into water, and then, and then the, uh, the, the mouse, the mice drank the water, right? And then they injected a toxin, like 6-hydroxydopamine, for example, which would induce a Parkinson's disease in the animals. But those that drank the water, the hydrogen, the water with the hydrogen gas in it, they, that, that essentially prevented the development of Parkinson's disease. Mm. Just just by drinking the water, just only making that change, and that was like that was that article was published in 2012, and so it was very exciting, you know, to see. Okay, we're seeing this major effect. How how is it actually doing this on this molecular level? What's actually going on, right? So uh, just just to make you know going going back to the original mm-hmm. story, then when I came back from Japan. That's when I actually started Molecular Hydrogen Institute, which I now serve as, as executive director. Yes. Um, and we're, we're a science-based nonprofit. We're, we're focused on just really researching and educating. It's really, I'm just trying to use it as a platform to just, you know, for example, this podcast, you know, that, that I'm doing, and for more collaboration and just and educating speaking people. around the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, you know, but that, that's, that's the idea. But I started that back in 2013 just as a website. Um, just to, to give people information about it, and then uh, it's kind of grown, and now it's morphed into a five hundred one c three. And you know, who, who knows exactly all we'll do. I mean, mo- most of like the funding, our research is actually with universities. It's not mm-hmm. like we're not. You know, it's really just me doing the Molecular Hydrogen Institute right now. Anyway, so there's a lot of things going going on in on those spaces as well. Mm. And you were just mentioning uh, Japan is obviously at the forefront um, alongside with some other Asian countries into this whole research concerning molecular hydrogen. What is the status here in the US? You just told me before that you're actually speaking to two California universities who are interested in looking into research. What is the status of research here in the US at present? Yeah, so um 
it's, it's slow, right? Uh, because it just takes time. I mean, the, the article we mentioned, 2007, that mm-hmm. came out in 2007 in Japan, right? And so it takes, it, just, just to kind of understand this a little bit, to paint this picture, but it takes about, you know, three to five years to publish a good article. So mm-hmm. if an article comes out in 2007, somebody's got to read that article, and then they're going to like, they then they're going to find interest and maybe try to do something. It could be five years before another publication comes out. And now there's two publications. And then maybe more people will look at it. So you can see, that's why science takes so long because it just takes a lot of work, a lot of research to just publish one article that's, you know, four or five pages long just to, just to show something, right? But, but actually, now there's the over 1,500 publications mm-hmm. on molecular hydrogen. And actually, most of the research... Uh, is coming from China now just because they're a larger country, right? Um, Japan does a lot of research, of course, and Korea and Europe, we can talk about that is growing more. But here in the U.S., it's not so much, not compared to how many universities are researching it in China and Japan, Korea and Europe and things. Which so, is interesting because um, I would dare say a country like China is looking into this because they're very pragmatic, they're very future-focused, and the output and growth of society economically, but also as far as they are in, uh, concerned with cultural influence. And, um, of course, China has a really keen eye on any of these big diseases that are crippling to societies. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Parkinson's uh, disease model. Are there any other diseases that have been looked into with relations to uh, molecular hydrogen and how the therapeutic effects are or could be with regards to human? What other applications uh, does it have that we know of as of now? Well, we just we just have to look at what the clinical studies yes. have shown so far, right? And and I'll, I'll just I'll just say some of that those clinical studies are being done here in the USA mm-hmm. now. Even even there's some studies on like on uh, stroke and, uh-huh. and Parkinson's uh-huh. disease. Clinical studies by one of the universities out, out of New York. Um, actually, Harvard University is working on a um, one of the one of the researchers with from Boston's Children's Hospitals looking at using hydrogen gas uh, for neural protection. Uh, we, we actually, um, my, my colleagues in, in Slovakia, uh, we actually got a, a grant um, to do research in, in pigs for heart transplants. Mm-hmm. And we're just doing the same research, you know, that's similar to what's going on at Harvard. Um, I'm actually going to go visit um, with the professor here in a little bit. But that's one of them. So if we look at um, some of the, the acute damages or, or injuries or diseases and there's different chronic diseases. So, uh, for example, some of the clinical studies so mm-hmm. far um, have looked at things like the rheumatoid arthritis we yes. mentioned, the Parkinson's disease, uh, mild cognitive impairments, uh, Alzheimer's disease, uh, metabolic syndrome. Actually, I just uh, submit, we're submitting an article here um, shortly on, on there's several articles with patients with potential metabolic syndrome. We used a high dose hydrogen with patients that have metabolic syndrome and showed a very, um, very, very good effect as mm-hmm. well with this. So, so that's a big one. So like hyperlipidemia, um, that type two diabetes, you know, these types of things. Uh, also exercise is a big one as well. A lot of, quite a few clinical studies on just benefits of hydrogen for exercise, whether it's for sports performance or recovery or endurance or things. Which I'm sure a lot of uh, professional athletes are 
looking into uh, or, you know, their team bosses. So these are the kinds of people in the U.S. where, let's say, uh, regular folks outside of the biohacking or health and wellness circles might not have heard of molecular hydrogen yet because it takes a certain amount of time to go from science to the kind of trailblazers uh -huh. uh, like Dave Asprey, who we mentioned before, uh, down to a broader public. But um, peak performers, like athletes, of course, they have to maintain peak performance and uh, keep short recovery times. Uh, molecular hydrogen is also very good and within the realm of usage for anti-inflammatory, right? Yeah. Uh, you just mentioned rheumatoid arthritis. What are the kind of effects people may see when you treat them with therapeutic dos doses of molecular hydrogen with a disease such as rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, well, I like what you said with exercise and, and actually with diseases as well. There's actually an interesting correlation mm -hmm. and connection. Um, so exercise can actually be considered in, in some cases a disease model because it was chronic high intensity exercise or, or, or with people who are not accustomed to exercise, but they just go out like your weekend away, right? Mm -hmm. They just go out there and, and, and hit it hard. They just do a marathon. They're not yep. trained for it. Yep. When you measure their markers of cellular damage or inflammation or oxidative stress, it's similar to what you'd measure in somebody who has a disease hmm. in, in a lot of different areas, right? So um, we're, we're seeing hydrogen gas, they, they, these effects to help with these different diseases, and so also maybe have that effect to help with to, to, to mitigate against the acute and chronic effects of, of harmful or noxious exercise. So we actually published a, an article in the Canadian Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology on this, mm -hmm. on this area of athletes and helping those with peak performers as well as those who uh, maybe don't exercise on a daily basis but sometimes just go out and do a big hike or mm. you know, do a hard activity for a few hours. Uh, that's where hydrogen gas could maybe play a really important role. Uh, in, in those areas as well, as well as potentially potentiate the benefits of exercise, uh, where you know, improving the training adaptations of things that could otherwise be blunted by like antioxidants and things, which um, it, it could be problematic. So with the d diseases, as, as you mentioned, like you know, inflammation, you have like high levels of pro-inflammatory cytokines, mm -hmm. uh, in, interleukin-6, TNF-alpha proteins, all these different areas that can cause you know, your aches and your swellings and your, yes. your, your pains and everything. So many diseases have that. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis is, is interesting because it's, it is quite painful. And the study that was done, uh, it was, it was pretty impressive. It was a small study, I think it was about 20 subjects or so. And it was a double-blinded, placebo-controlled, or randomized. There, there's several studies actually on this area, but in this one, this particular one, they, uh, found that those with the early stage rheumatoid arthritis had essentially re a remission of the disease. They, you know, they, they, they had lower markers of the citrullator proteins, which is a marker of the rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the decrease of oxidative stress is a, a marker of 8-OHDG, a marker of DNA damage. And so they had several different <laughs> levels of, of improvements. Just, and again, they just drank uh, water containing a high concentration of molecular hydrogen. Mm. So if we look at a, an affliction or disease model, just like rheumatoid arthritis alone, the scope of treatment um, via molecular hydrogen or adding it um, on top of another therapy is actually huge. Yeah, it may it may be. I mean, we we need to have a, some larger studies. Would be yes. nice on the, like rheumatoid arthritis and other diseases. Um, we, we, there's only a f you know several studies that are you know 100 patients or a year long. Right. Most of these are maybe 
you know, 10 to 30 patients, you know, for a month or a couple months or something. Um, but, but it is suggestive that it's promising them. Yeah, hydrogen gas may have some really good potential. And then when you talk about maybe adding the hydrogen gas mm-hmm. to another conventional modality, whether it be some nutraceutical or a conventional pharmaceutical, that's also could be very important. In fact, some of the studies, uh, for example, uh, one with the, with the cancer treatment using the common drug 5-FU, uh, they when that was used in conjunction with hydrogen, it seemed to potentiate the effects of the cancer drug in this case. And then other studies showed that, uh, for example, with radiotherapy and tumors, the clinical study was done through therapy and tumors that hydrogen helped to mitigate some of the toxic effects, improve the quality of life of those um, taking the hydrogen water that were mm-hmm. getting radiation treatment. Um, cisplatin, like the nephrotoxicity or kidney damage that can occur. So maybe a hydrogen gas could help mitigate some of the harmful or toxic effects of various drugs we've seen, like the, with the chemotherapy, radiotherapy, right. aspirin, you know, this NSAIDs, these, these types of things. Maybe hydrogen gas can mitigate some of those toxic effects while also having its own beneficial effects. So you have a, a potential additive effect there. And, and then maybe there's even some synergistic effect, but more research needs to see if there's to, to truly say a synergism. Superhumanize. It's interesting that you mentioned the synergism. Now, of course, I this is just my um, biohacker sense uh, that I rely upon here, but I have sometimes taken to actually uh, drinking, um, you know, the uh, the water uh, created by the molecular hydrogen tabs. Uh, and in conjunction with certain other supplements I take, and uh, it might just be my mind playing some tricks on me, but I have a feeling that it gives whatever I take it in conjunction with a little bit more of a push, kind of like it, mm-hmm, it's like the mm-hmm. rocket fuel to drive it deeper into the system or such. And again, this is of course not a study, this is just me, yeah. you know, the way I feel, you know, when I do it with or without. It's just an interesting side note I have. I've heard that from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I mean, it could be placebo. It could just be wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There is no study on it. Sure. But, but a lot of people have said, like, I don't know what it is, but when I take the hydrogen with whatever it is they're taking, they they seem to feel yes. a stronger effect with that. Yes. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. and I'm skeptical about that. But it is interesting <laughs> that it, it seems to be a reoccurring uh, mm-hmm. anecdote that people yes. say. Yep. And, you know, the one thing, of course, is diseases, or we're talking about um, peak achievers like athletes. The other thing is, why should it be interesting for regular folks to consider integrating molecular hydrogen into their, you know, wellness regime? Like, what would be the top three benefits that are pretty much established or much talked about, where there is a kind of a consensus about? Yeah, well, um, consensus... It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a consensus amongst those who are researching this, yes, yes. <laughs> right? Um, but most people don't even know about molecular hydrogen. Uh, you know, w- one thing, like I mentioned earlier, they talk about like your elite athletes who are trained at such a high level mm-hmm. all the time, and so they're going to get a lot of radical damage. The body just yes. can't, you know, uh, keep up with the the how much effort and stress to put place on their body, mm-hmm. right? So obviously, yes, hydrogen could be good in these cases. But then I mentioned the other point that maybe for the, the people who, who are just healthy, normal people, but they don't exercise regularly and they just go on this long hike or they just do something really hard or, or whatever. Well, in that case, 
the, if you if you don't normally exercise and you go like say play basketball for three hours on Saturday or something like that, <laughs> you, you actually create an enormous amount of free radical damage yeah. and and cellular damage and other aber- pathological aberrations yeah. and and things. So that is a very good time and for why people should take the molecular yes. hydrogen, right? So so just to prevent when you do exert yourself either too much or just the fact that you're not used to doing that, you know, the hydrogen can maybe can help um in that area. And then another another one um just for prevention in general. So mm-hmm. some some of these studies, for example, I mentioned in the Parkinson's disease uh, in, in animals, when they were injected with the toxin, the mm-hmm. drinking of hydrogen water prevented the development of the Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, we also published an article in in uh, scientific in Nature Reports, uh, scientific communications, and they found that mothers, mother rats drinking hydrogen rich water, and then their offspring. When they were exposed to valproic acid later on, those who did not drink the hydrogen water, they developed autism. Hmm. But those that drank the hydrogen water, they, their symptoms were significantly mitigated, mm-hmm. again, just by drinking hydrogen water. The, you know, everything can be normal and healthy, but we're exposed to maybe toxins or things all, all the, the time. time. Right. So maybe just by drinking hydrogen water on a daily basis. And, and then if you, there's another interesting study that, that's pretty interesting. In, in vitro, like in a, in a petri mm-hmm. dish, basically, mm-hmm. it took some, some cells and they exposed the cells to um, an equivalent dose of a normal pesticide. I, no, sorry, a normal like a plastic toxin, right? Ooh, okay, that we and get all the yes, time. Yes. And then we see we see cellular aberrations, right? We see markers of, say, apoptosis or of aging, or we see a decrease in the NAD plus to NADH ratio, which which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, when you take the molecular hydrogen and we took just a small amount and put it into into the cells, all those changes were essentially prevented. For but this is an interesting thing. So all the gas was out. All the hydrogen gas because it's just a gas. It's going to leave, right? All the hydrogen gas was out within an hour, which is about the same as if you drink hydrogen water. It's gonna, all going to leave your body within about an hour. Right. But the therapeutic effects of the hydrogen had a residual effect that maintained for nearly 24 hours. Hmm. So, so just kind of as mm-hmm. an idea, and, and again, we need clinical studies for, for all this, but maybe a, a good practice would be um, you get up in the morning, you drink your hygiene water, and then you go out to face the day of all the toxins. You're, yes. you're, 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 you're running, you're getting you know, toxins from the, all the pollution from just being in the city. I mean, now when I'm in Beijing, for example, oh it's like... Oh, my God. Oh, the it, air pollution there is absolutely yeah. horrific. Exactly, and and even well, even here, I'm here yes. here in LA. It's yeah. it's not it's no, not. We think the it's best a, you look at the beautiful sun, right. the colors. It's the smog, darling. <laughs> it's the smog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we can be exposed to things so many times. So to, to your question, you know, why why would a person who doesn't suffer from any disease or something? Right. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, 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 because maybe these areas are are. You know, with with being able to protect from you know too much exertion and stress, and protecting from the environmental toxins, mm-hmm. and then and oh, and then just a third one. There was actually a publication, clinical study in normal healthy subjects, so mm-hmm. the very people you're talking about, and they just drank hydrogen water, and those that drank hydrogen water, they had just had a simply an improved mood and decreased anxiety, and they mm-hmm. had less sympathetic nerve activation and were more parasympathetic. So. Yes. That's another just just benefit of maybe just drinking hydrogen water. Superhumanize.
And that's actually one of the positive side effects I mentioned. I, I, I actually feel myself when taking it. I mean, hey, look, uh, no matter how much I meditate, how grateful I am, there's days when I'm just in a hell of a funk. Uh-huh. And there's a few supplements that, um, you know, some are herbal based. Another one is the molecular hydrogen that just, you know, I take it and pretty much within half an hour, an hour, I just feel better. All of a sudden I was like, whoa, I was in a bad mood. I don't even remember. Yeah. And there's another thing where I truly notice a difference. I travel very frequently from the US to Europe for work. And uh, when I started taking this to help with jet lag, a dear friend recommended it. I was just, whatever, I'm just going to take it. He always g- makes good recommendations. So I'll just try it. And I was astounded. So I just took these, I popped a couple of these tablets, maybe every two hours or so on the plane and some water or drank it. And first of all, my jet lag was drastically reduced. My energy levels, usually the next first days in Europe, I'm a little bit dragging. I felt really, really good. My focus was there. So for me, just from my personal experience, that's a great indicator that this is actually doing me, yeah, treating me really well. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, I, I'd like to do some studies on this whole mm-hmm. jet lag concept. It's, it's a little bit difficult to maybe quantify, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it can be a difficult study to do. But um, one thing, it seems that hydrogen hydrogen seems to act more as a as a as a, a more like an adaptogenic molecule. Mm-hmm, okay, so mm-hmm. you have homeostasis, which mm-hmm. is basically this is you know your your you know different areas of your cell need to stay within this certain range, right? Yep. So whether it be the pH, whether it be this voltage p- membrane potential, whether it be the um, the NAD plus NADH ratio, mm-hmm. whether it be the amount of free radicals, the amount of any, like all these different things, right? You need to maintain a certain um, range, and that's your homeostasis. And I, I have a model I, I kind of think about. If you have a range for homeostasis, um, when you want to get better or you're going to improve, you know, then you go out of homeostasis a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that range, like exercise, right, um, you're, you're out of homeostasis. It's not comfortable. That's why a lot of people don't do it, right? <laughs> but it's when you're out of that homeostatic comfort level that you end up inducing, you know, protein synthesis yep. and muscle growth and recovery, like all these benefits because you're out of that. You're pushing yourself a little yes. bit more, right? And, and then when you go even further out of that, now you're, you're in that line of maybe causing some cell death, right? Mm-hmm. Causing some real mm-hmm. harm. Well, it seems that w- when you take hydrogen, if you're already perfect in homeostasis, you might not really notice anything. Like if you're already perfect, how do you, how do you improve perfection, right? Um, but then as you go into that area just outside of homeostasis, then hydrogen starts to have an effect to bring that back into homeostasis. And the further out you go, you might notice the hydrogen effect of hydrogen more and more. Mm-hmm. So um, a young, healthy person who takes hydrogen and the blood pressure and glucose and cholesterol and everything is fine, maybe they don't notice anything, mm-hmm. right? But the person who is older, who has just aches and pains and swelling and can't sleep very good and all these things, they take hydrogen like, oh my goodness, you know, or they the mental fog is just totally lifted, right? Okay, so then you take the young person, um, maybe like, like, like yourself, you talk about going on the jet lag, well, you push yourself into that, out of the homeostasis, right. you have some sleep deprivation going on, radiation, the time changes, radiation, all kinds of stuff. maybe dehydration, you know, whatever it is, there's so many different things, and as you, as you do that, then hydrogen is able to help bring you back into homeostasis. So um, I, I posit that hydrogen gas almost acts as this adaptogenic uh, regulator to help the cells maintain homeostasis. And, and in fact, that could be, well, it seems to be one of the reasons why hydrogen gas is 
difficult to study because,、mm-hmm. again, if you just administer hydrogen gas to the health, healthy cell, you, you may not see anything. You, you might see some changes in, in、uh, gene expression from mRNA, but that's not really the protein level. So it's it's best that when you take the cell and you or, or the animal or whatever model you're using and you and you induce a a toxin, you you induce some assaults where、right? you give a toxin or you do something. Harmful to the cell, and then you see how hydrogen gas mitigates or rescues that and brings things back to homeostasis, and that helps us to elucidate the molecular mechanisms of, of、mm. how hydrogen gas is working. You know,、um, I'm certain you yourself have quite a few of those friends as well.、I、have these kinds of friends that look at me always like, "Oh, okay, she's the weird one because I do all this crazy stuff which I love," and then they see stuff that's working, they're like, "Oh, what's that?" and they want to learn. However, with、uh, molecular hydrogen, in particular, the question that would come up like, "Well," Can we just take a bunch of deep breaths and then you know we get our fills? Like, why do I need to take it from the outside? You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well,、um, let's see how many zeros are there. The, the, the percentage、yeah. of of air of hydrogen gas that's in the normal air、yeah. is like zero point zero 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 five five percent, right? So it's it's quite it's quite low, right? So it's less than you know it's like point one ppm in. You know, in in the air, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, volume per volume. So that's not at a therapeutic dose of <laughs> hydrogen at all. But it is interesting because it is natural for our bodies to be exposed to hydrogen gas、yes. because、uh, the bacteria in our intestines, when they when we eat、uh, good healthy fibers,、mm-hmm. for example, non non-dispersible carbohydrates, those fibers are metabolized by our gut flora and. It produces hydrogen gas, and then、oh. you can measure hydrogen gases increases in the blood and in the breath, and it's and it's always there. It's we always we're always exposed to hydrogen gas, so it's not like hydrogen gas is some foreign alien toxic substance. It, it's been there literally from the beginning, forever. Yeah, but we're always been exposed to that, and then we take a little bit more, whether it be from inhalation or from drinking hydrogen water. Then we start to see some really interesting benefits. When you drink the hydrogen water, your concentration in the blood doubles. For、mm-hmm. example, how do you measure that? Uh, the concentration. Yes.、Um, the best is with gas chromatography,、mm-hmm. um, but there's also like like a, a hydrogen, a specific hydrogen electrode that can be used when you're measuring that small amounts.、Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like redox retitration methods、uh, that, like H2 blue, for example, that can be used.、Um, so you can measure what the concentration is in the consumer product if you're trying it. Yes. Because、uh, unfortunately, some products that are claimed to be hydrogen are not actually hydrogen products. Yeah. And speaking about products, there is、uh, multiple ways. As a you know regular person who's maybe not scientifically inclined, to, if you're if you're interested in to actually get more of the molecular hydrogen into your body,、um, I personally have、uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the tablets. And I think what's important to explain here, of course, is not the tablets、uh, that contain <laughs> the molecular hydrogen. I actually have some、oh, yeah. here, so we could. Not showing a brand because I know there's no endorsement. Would you like some molecular hydrogen? Yeah, I'll have some. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we <laughs> we don't we don't so do this any is, products exactly. Anything, so this、yeah. is a completely blank product. It just happens to be molecular hydrogen tablet. But but you did make a good point because、um, some people I've heard people when they,、uh, say these tablets. Of course, how can they have hydrogen gas in them? But but they they don't. Obviously, that'd be、yeah. interesting. A gaseous tablet, right? Should be floating up or something. Yeah. So, Although it'd be solid. So explain maybe,、uh, especially to the people who are just listening to us and don't have the audio, what's happening right now. So I poured the water over the tablets, and they're fizzing. Yeah. So you can, so you can see there's a there's a chemical reaction、mm-hmm. that is that is occurring. It's very vigorous, 
and that that those gaseous bubbles that are making the water all foggy, that is hydrogen gas. Mm-hmm.、Uh, you can actually light it on fire. Oh, yeah. In fact, you're giving me ideas. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. So you have to put. Is this? Don't try this at home. <laughs> exactly. But I did it at a conference once. Turn <laughs> the lights off. <laughs> anyway,、uh, but you put the tablets in like in a closed bottle,、uh-huh. right, and seal it up, and then when you, right when you open the cap, you expose it to the flame, and you get a, a obvious hydrogen gas in、uh-huh. there. Um, nice but but the main this is a special form of magnesium that that they used、mm-hmm. and this the main the metallic magnesium reacts with the water to produce hydrogen gas and then you get magnesium ions which most people are deficient in magnesium、mm-hmm. anyways、mm-hmm. it's very bioavailable so you get the magnesium and then you get the high dose hydrogen gas so we we actually the the、uh, inventor of the tablets they actually donated.、Um, Product to a couple of our recent studies,、um, which we wanted to try because they're it's a very high dose, and、uh, normally we use lower doses because it's difficult to get a high dose, and so、mm. we're very grateful that、uh, we were able to try higher doses of hydrogen.、Mm. Fantastic! Cheers, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye. To your health. Superhumanize. So these hydrogen tablets are a very practical way, you know, to take、uh, molecular hydrogen, especially when you travel. Um, and one important thing is, I, I mean, the, you can get them in a variety of offered in a variety of different packaging here in the U.S. Some of it, which would be, let's say, a you know just your regular plastic bottle with a screw top, and which you and I know is BS, you know, because of the size of the molecule. Yeah, it、so、goes just, right through the plastic. Yeah. yeah. So, what would somebody who wants to buy a ready-to-go drink out of the bottle, the can, whatever product, have to watch out for? Yeah. So, of course, no plastic. And and.、Uh, It, sh- it's, it should be normally like aluminum, you know, aluminum、mm-hmm. uh, canister, you know. So either a can or pouches can work.、Um, pouches can be problematic when they have like the plastic spouts and things.、Mm-hmm. It, they can work. You have to watch the shelf life on them.、Um, cans seem to have the longest shelf life,、um, and then you just want to measure the constant the concentration of hydrogen. Get you know, get get the reagent and see what the concentration <laughs> actually is. And with these tablets, for example, I'm somebody. If you tell me something is good for me, I'll just I know lo- no limits. You know, when I first got introduced to goji berries, I eat three bags in a sitting. I know I'm a little ridiculous with that, but yeah, it could be. Uh, <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> could that be a problem?、Yeah. Um, what is the dosage on this? What should I not exceed on the days that I take it? I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you probably have to visit with the in, the inventor, the manufacturer, I、uh-huh. guess, to see if、mm-hmm. they have something. But but I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at. They have eighty milligrams of magnesium.、Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the, the DRI of magnesium, the daily recommended intake, is around four hundred milligrams. Most、okay. people are deficient in that. Most magnesium supplements are like two hundred to five hundred milligrams of magnesium. Some people even take like a thousand or two thousand milligrams of magnesium on a daily basis. So the one tablet, which is eighty milligrams of magnesium,、mm-hmm. so I don't think magnesium could be an issue. Can hydrogen be an issue? Is hydrogen toxic?、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Now, there's there's no reported toxicity、so、on far, hydrogen、right. on in cell cultures, animal models, in human studies.、Mm-hmm. They, they they've used hydrogen gas in deep sea diving to prevent、right. decompression sickness for a long time. Since, yeah, since the 1940s,、mm-hmm. at literally millions of times higher concentrations than what we use for this therapeutic medical type use,、mm-hmm. and and they didn't see any chronic toxic effects with that either. Um, again, hydrogen gas—we're always exposed to it, anyways, from our intestines, from、mm-hmm. our, the bacteria in our、yeah. intestines.、Um, we don't see the toxic effects, so 
maybe there are certain conditions or certain something where hydrogen gas should maybe has not not a beneficial effect. But once we find that out, then we can say, okay, for this specific individual, you know, maybe don't eat any fiber or don't eat vegetables or something, which sounds kind of ridiculous there too. So I, you know, we we just don't have any data to say that. Um, it's it's toxic, and and the safety studies have shown that it's safe. Yeah, and for me personally, this is you know there seems very little risk, if any at all, but the potential reward is very high. Whether you look at it from a point of prevention, uh, whether you look at it from you know the the successes I've had with such as yeah. with jet lag or energy, and so for me this is a no brainer. You know this has become part of my. My wellness regimen, and I think it has a fantastic effect on me. And I mean, I personally, of course, everybody has to make their own decisions. But for me, it's been really fantastic addition. And since I started to learn more about this from you, it's really become an integrative part of my taking control of my own biology and my well-being. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's probably my the biggest reason I'm so passionate mm-hmm. and excited about hydrogen is not because we're here to say, look, we have thousands upon thousands of publications proving, <laughs> which is an oxymoron in science anyways, yeah. right, that hydrogen it works and can cure this disease uh-huh. and treat this. It's it's not that, you know. It's it's first off, I, I, I love science, you know, yes. and, and I, I have some interesting stories of things that I've done in my past, but, you know, I, I like science. Mm-hmm. I like understanding and discovering the, these areas. And now we have a molecule that it, it appears to be safe. I mean, that's like the, the, the first thing, right? It first do no harm and has this high safety profile and then it has such a high promising effect. So that's what gives me so much excitement to like go out there and, 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 and evangelize for the hydrogen <laughs> molecule, you know, as the, as the hydrogen ambassador mm-hmm. or something uh, to let people know about hydrogen, not, not because we know it's going to cure you of all your diseases, but because mm-hmm. Uh, we know it's safe, and the the preclinical and clinical studies that have been done by by myself and others are just look very promising. So, so yes. we should we should try. We should get back to the beginning, right? Of, of hydrogen, it was you know it is the beginning, right? Absolutely. And uh, speaking about it, it is the beginning. What I love about you is not only that you have such a big brain concerning science, and I was really excited. I knew I was going to get to geek out with you here in this episode. <laughs> But I know you're also somebody who is interested in a lot of different areas. And when you said, let's go back to the beginning, you know, I mean, the very first molecule, I know you give a lot of thought also to where spirituality and science meet. So when we're speaking about um, hydrogen and it pretty much being there from the beginning, uh, would you call it uh, something like a God molecule? Well... Sure. I mean, once we define God, we can uh-huh. say anything we want. But uh, yeah, it is interesting. You know, there, there's there's uh, uh, one one astronomer. He, he said, if God did create the world with the word, that mm. word would be hydrogen, right? <laughs> and and it is interesting that hydrogen is really considered the father of all the elements. Mm. Um, it powers the sun in in fusion to create helium, and then all the other elements come from just you know basically hydrogen's. Push together, well, it's really the electrons and you know, forming, you know, and, and protons mm-hmm. coming together. But but it all hydrogen was the very first one in existence of everything. So it really is the uh, the origins of the 
of the, of the universe, right? The Big Bang was, was hydrogen. And so I, I do find that peculiar. I find that interesting. And then not only was it the origin of the universe, but life itself, when we look at, uh, for example, the, the, the theory of evolution and mm-hmm. how life began and everything, it's really interesting when we consider hydrogen gas, molecular hydrogen may have served as the, as the first energy source, like from the deep sea hydrothermal vents in the ocean, Hydrogen gas may have served as an energy source where, like, it's different catalytic um, metal, like iron, for example, could extract the electrons and, mm-hmm. you know, bacteria could form. And then you have um, your archaea, right, uh, bacteria. And, and you start, you, anyways, you get, you get life right there. So then you have the genesis of life. So hydrogen gas and the origin of the universe, the genesis of life, and then also the evolution of life. Because there's some really interesting uh, publications out there talking about how hydrogen seemed to play a very intimate uh, role and, and seemed to be the key that forged a eukaryote. So plant mm-hmm. animal mm-hmm. cells out of the, these prokaryotes, out mm-hmm. of the bacteria, is, it, it played a pivotal role, um, hydrogen gas. So hydrogen gas has been is so intimately involved with the origins of the universe, the genesis of life, and then the evolution of, of all of us. And, and now we still have hydrogen-producing bacteria in our intestines, mm. so we're still getting exposed to the hydrogen gas and getting that benefit as long as we're eating a healthy diet, we're not decimating our, our, our microbiome with right. you know, antibiotics and everything. So there is a, a very interesting type of connection. And then when we consider... The, the uh, hydrogen, well, life is balanced, right? This oxidation and reduction, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about like, a, like, you know, with a battery, you have a negative and a, and a positive mm-hmm. electrode. And so life, everything is balanced with oxidation and reduction. Well, on the one hand, with oxidation, you have oxygen. And the other hand, with reduction, you have hydrogen. And so you have this whole like life as, you know, that has this homeostatic, you know, balance, if you will, with hydrogen and oxygen or oxidation and reduction. And, and when hydrogen and oxygen, of course, when they react together, you form the life-giving solvent water. So, mm. so water is that perfect <laughs> redox balanced molecule of oxygen and hydrogen. So we're always talking about oxygen, you know, oxygen bars, oxygen right. you know, therapy, oxygen water, oxygen uh, hyperbaric oxygen, like mm-hmm. everything about oxygen. But, but what about what about hydrogen right it's it's just it's it, the very beginning in fact hydrogen is the father of oxygen right without a hydrogen oxygen never would have been and in fact oxygen is not only what keeps us alive it's also what is one of the reasons that we're, we're slowly dying right it oxidizes when you when you Correct. cut the apple in half or the avocado right it, it turns brown right rust everything that's from oxygen so, yes, we breathe oxygen to drive metabolism, to drive the, the, the energetic processes of the cell, mm-hmm. but that oxygen slowly oxidizes, slowly ages, mm-hmm. slowly causes these, these damages. And then maybe hydrogen is kind of what has been there from the beginning, this primordial antioxidant, if you will, <laughs> yes. to, to, to combat the, the negative effects of, of oxygen. So it's a yin and yang type relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the romantic way of explaining And I can tell you're this. also very passionate about it's it. It's just interesting. Really, it's awesome. yeah, yeah. I love it. And what you just said about, you know, uh, hydrogen being an antioxidant. Um, it, what's interesting about it, it seems to be a selective antioxidant, right? So it doesn't go just after any free radicals. Right, yeah. That's very important because mm-hmm. um, free radicals, 
that's what caused the apples to brown, right? Mm-hmm. That's also what causes apples to like even grow in the first mm-hmm. place. So we a- we, need we, salt. we we actually yeah we we require free radicals and reactive oxygen species. Our body produces them. Mm-hmm. We need them, and if we neutralize them, nitric oxide, which I'm sure your viewers are are, mm-hmm. are know like vasodilation, yep. that's very important. Nitric oxide is a free radical by the very definition, has a lone pair electron. So if we just neutralize nitric oxide, that that could be very problematic. Of course, nitric oxide levels get too high and start forming perioxynitrite yes. and different things and you get problem problems, right? So again, the homeostasis, right? And hydrogen seems to act as this redox, uh, this adaptogenic redox molecule to help maintain that redox homeostasis. So when hydrogen gas acts as this antioxidant, well, um, hydrogen gas is such a mild, humble, uh, small, simple molecule. It's very <laughs> stable. It, it, you're right. It doesn't just go out and just react with every free mm-hmm. radical out there. In fact, it can't. It does not. It is so stable it's, it, it, that, that it simply can't react with any radicals. The only radical it can react with is essentially the hydroxyl radical, which is the most damaging cytotoxic mm-hmm. radical that there is. It, it, does, it just damages all of your, your, your DNA, your cell membranes. You know, yep. it, it, there's nothing that can... Uh, you know, the hydroxyl radical is the most is is very damaging, just because it's so reactive. You know, and, hyd- and it can react with hydrogen gas. When it does, you know, you form water. So that that's good too. Uh, j- just uh, it, it, just the way the, the stoichiometry and everything works. But the main way that hydrogen gas is able to help uh, act as an antioxidant and maintain the redox homeostasis, and not so much through radical scavenging. I, I would say, but rather through this uh, signal modulation and maintaining redox homeostasis mm-hmm. as an adaptogenic redox molecule. And, and we, we know it can do this because um, we've found that hydrogen gas can activate the NRF2 pathway, which is a mm-hmm. transcription mm-hmm. factor that when it's activated can uh, activate uh, oh, the, well, these phase two enzymes, which, which have over, you know, two or three hundred cytoprotective enzymes and proteins involved in antioxidation, detoxification, and everything, you know, your, your glutathione, superoxide dismutase, all of these are regulated by NRF2 and hydrogen gas because it activates NRF2. These get upregulated. Now we get higher levels and, and maintain that, uh, redox homeostasis mm. of those levels t- to maintain that homeostatic and to button yeah. this up for uh, some of the people who are listening to us and who might not be so much into this as we are. <laughs> but so basically, uh, molecular hydrogen is excellent also uh, if you want to use it for anti-aging purposes, just keeping your whole system running really well. And uh, I mean, look at me, I'm 95 years old. And ever since I've been taking this, it's been amazing. Yeah, I'm 85. <laughs> exactly. Superhumanize. There's something I always love to ask everybody who have the privilege to have as a guest here, and that is, you know, what are the things that have most profoundly affected your human experience and leveling up this human experience, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually, or all of the above? Hmm. So, okay, that's a good question. So probably one of them is is uh, just science in general. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love science because it's not just about discovering and knowing things which is amazing but it's also a a method to approach life right Mm -hmm. it's it's a method of thinking and it's something i've been able to employ in essentially every other aspect of my life just this just this methodology of 
having this logical way of going about things, right? So it can be very logical, logical based, right? And and I I want to believe that I, I balance that out with um, maybe a more uh, spiritualistic mm-hmm. perspective, you know, and that and that deals with you know like the philosophy and trying to become you know one with my, the universe or myself or whatever the, we, we want to put in these new age type wording or whatever. I, I don't have the terminology, but I know how I feel right when I when I try to develop that other side of me and try to balance it out and even try to apply the scientific method to this other, mm-hmm. the, the, these other areas um, of, of my life. And I feel like because I do these two things, um, they, they, they really work additively or synergistically together. It's kind of like, you know, your, your, your two eyes. Um, if you close one eye, you always have a blind spot, right? Yes. Um, we, we don't think we do, right? But we, we, there is one. And maybe, you know, when you have both views, both eyes, you can potentially eliminate that blind spot. And I'm not saying I don't have a blind spot. I have many of them. I just can't see them. Um, <laughs> actually, so many I actually can see them. But I, I'm just saying I think this, this helps balance me. And, and then uh, and another thing that I just really tr- use to put this into focus is, is I, I really like exercise, too. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you, I've seen videos of you being at the Paleo FX and there you are, you're holding a speech, you know, and you're all professional in your suit and tie and somebody's taking a video of you and you're just, you're just lifting yourself up. I don't know how many times you're not even out of breath and I just see people around there like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, what do you dead, deadlift? What, what's your stats? Uh, yeah, um, they're ever changing. Going what are now. they right now? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, my, like deadlift, I've done like 420 something pounds, you know, mm-hmm. and like with the pale effects, it was funny because I, yeah, I did a, a one arm pull up, yes. you know. It was ridiculous. And it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was, that was, that was kind of, that was kind of fun. Um, and then, and then, so I like to lift weights a mm-hmm. lot and then, and I, I like to do, um, and I like to run also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I hope to, you know, I ran, uh, you know, the marathon 42 kilometers or you know, 26.2 miles. So I ran it quite a while ago and I did it in two hours and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, you know, um, now that I have hydrogen, maybe I should run faster. <laughs> so I'm actually training, you know, and, and, uh, um, so I'll, I'll sometimes I'll get up and I'll be, you know, 16 hours faster or something. I'll go run a 15, 20 mile run. Um, you know, I feel great and, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready and hope to do some uh, more races. Uh, and again, this is, uh, one of those times where it's not actually so healthy to run as far or as long mm-hmm. is what I'm, I like to do when I have time for not traveling, which can be difficult, right? But, um, I, I, I want to believe that me taking the molecular hydrogen can potentially mitigate some of the toxic effects of me doing, you know, 100 miles a week type thing, you know, right. 18, 20 miles a day or, or something. Um, yeah, but, but I, but I like, when I when I apply the scientific method, I apply this this mm-hmm. the spiritualistic aspect, and I and I do this exercise. It just kind of gives me the freedom to in my mind to just really think. I, I really like just just thinking, understanding, challenging my paradigms, my perspectives, and just growing in, in all these different ways. And uh, that's that's it's just really what drives me. You know, just finding my understanding my purpose more and mm-hmm. and helping other people as well. Yeah. 
And you do that, and it really comes across, you know, whatever I've seen on you, you're such a gifted speaker, and you have, uh, I mean, you've you've got this girl on team <laughs> molecular <laughs> hydrogen. Like, after I listen to you, it's just like, whoa. And I, you sent me, thank you for sending me also all those uh, articles and, and research papers. It's been extremely helpful in my own journey. And I know that a lot of things that are moving and shaking also in the U.S. now are also thanks to you, because you've made some appearances in some pretty big, uh, you know, podcasts and, and media outlets and kudos to you. And uh, where, what are we going to hear next from you and where can people find you? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, um, well, they can find me at molecularhydrogeninstitute.com. Yes. Um, you, can, you can see the, uh, um, our website, some of the studies there. You can also follow me on Instagram. I just created an Instagram account recently uh, and that's uh, Tyler W. LeBaron. Mm -hmm. is, is the, you call it the handle, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Mm -hmm. And also on Facebook, you're welcome to add me there as well. And I try to post things. You know, it's crazy, but originally I, I was against doing all these podcasts and speaking <laughs> at conferences because I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know. We don't have the data. We don't have the information to answer these questions. Like, well, how much do you take? What is the dose? What about this disease? We don't we don't know. But but I started to to see that people really are interested in knowing, yes. like, what do we know then? And and then other people, maybe they start talking about hydrogen, but they, they they don't really do any research in that area, and they start saying things that maybe that are not really true or, or inaccurate, and I'm like, oh, that's that's not good, because that could hurt our research or, sure. or what we're trying to do, and so I, I feel privileged and obligated, I don't, I think, you know, <laughs> I, I want, I love to educate people, I absolutely do, but um, but I feel like it's important that I do so people can get the, the best understanding they can of what, yes. what we know. Because we, 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 we don't know a lot of things about hydrogen, but I think we know enough. Um, we, we don't know everything, but I think we know enough where we can um, answer some questions, give people some guidance of what we're, what's going on in the, in the research. But um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're welcome. You know, please add me uh, on these uh, social media. Check out the, my, my website. Um, and yeah, I, I, and please help me spread, spread the word. You know, I, I would, I would love that. I, I appreciate this, this opportunity because I think that a lot of people, maybe they have, um, not enough access to medical care. So if mm -hmm. hydrogen really pans out to be what these preclinical and clinical studies are showing, then these people in these different countries and just in, in this country, every country, right? Healthcare can just be so expensive just by taking hydrogen water. We, we could we could alleviate a tremendous burden on so many people, you know, w with what we're seeing so far. So w then we have and then we have the other group of people who maybe they have too much access to medical medical care, where they're taking antibiotics and they're taking all these drugs and everything. Well, again, we're seeing hydrogen gas can help mitigate some of these toxic effects. So pretty much everyone on the spectrum, there's potential where hydrogen gas can be a benefit. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I would, I hope that people can share this information and share the message and let people know about it because it, it appears, like I said, from these early studies that it's, mm -hmm. it's very promising. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to be a, a messenger and part of the journey. Yeah. Well, I'm very grateful you're here and what you say resonates so much. I know this is truly at the core of your mission, and that is bettering human existence and experience. And that's something that's uh, on top of my list, too. So I'm very grateful you're here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. And I know I've just 
it was just the tip of the iceberg. And thank you for um, tying it up so neatly in a way that also people who are not acquainted with the subject and the field can understand. It's been an absolute pleasure, Tyler. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. 